This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Guys, just before we get started, if you're loving the podcast, can you please go leave us a five-star review on Spotify and please make sure that you subscribe on whatever channel that you listen to us on. It helps us out dramatically. What do we need? As a founder. As a founder, yes, a founder. Yeah, drive. Drive and vision, I think you have to, I Mm. think it's a big part of being, like you have to be able to inspire people to come on the journey with you. As a co-founder, you need a level of confidence. Um, I mean, it would be really hard to ever press go or or start if you didn't have confidence. And it's not to say that, you know, you need to wake up every day with confidence or have confidence in everything that you do, but I think confidence in your product um, and your vision is really important. Seth, Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. We've definitely made ourselves at home. Seth, yeah. Seth, oh, sorry. Seth's got a feet Make on a the point couch. of the feet on the couch. Well, right. I'm just glad we got here. Yeah, I know. Appreciate you being Everybody so Everybody was sick. Yeah. It's winter. <laughs> Seth's been, you, Seth used to have the best immune system. Yeah, I really not, did. Not to I offend your immune system. She's had the best immune not system. That that's, but now it's not as good, I would say. Say. Yeah, I feel like everyone's <laughs> there not, though. We're not winter of, fit. No, we are yeah. not. Like I, you know, I I pride myself on not, you know, you get sick, but you know, it's you can handle it. Yeah. When I got the flu a few weeks ago, gone. Yeah, same. Like mm. gone. It mm. was it was really bad. But we got here. But we got here. We're That's here. the main thing. We've got our feet on the couch. I'm actually <laughs> okay. trying to work out how to sit because this is quite a deep couch. Yeah, and you're you're dressed to the nines in your dress and heels. <laughs> Gorgeous thing, you. However, you, however, <laughs> however, however you feel comfortable. <laughs> um, I'd love to start with the, sh- the startup story. So, you know, where did where where was the origin of Keep It Cleaner, and how did it all get started? So, Kick started about five or six years ago, and it wasn't Keep It Cleaner. Um, it originated with an ebook called Keep It Clean, which Laura and I put together. Um, I suppose before that, we we'd met and obviously formed a friendship through the model. Uh, through the modelling industry and we had a lot of interests, a lot of similar interests and a lot of similar values and one of those things was trying to work through our own relationships with dieting and exercise and trying to break through um, a lot of what was saturating the market at that time which was fad diets, challenges, abs in five minutes, that sort of thing and a lot of the healthy diets or recipes and stuff that were out there were you know, super expensive with recipe with ingredients you'd have to go find at a superfood store and ended up tasting pretty crappy anyway. So it wasn't enjoyable to eat healthy. So we wanted to kind of break through that and we just came together and put together an ebook of 37 recipes. Um, and at the start, it was not a business plan. It wasn't really a business venture. It was a passion project and we were just really excited to get it out there. From there, a bit of a community started to form and Laura at the time also had a food blog, um, which we ended up switching over to Keep It Cleaner, added on the ER and (laughs) a little bit more interesting because we wanted to talk a little bit more past just healthy recipes. We wanted to talk to the community about exercise and other realms of healthy living and it just grew and grew from there. It turned into a subscription platform and then a program and now the app um, and it's been a pretty incredible ride. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was the kind of the start of it all. It's really interesting, I find, um, 
how many businesses are purely built on community at the start. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, it's actually a little bit of, I guess, why we started doing what we're doing here is like you mm. can build a community first and then build a business on the back of that if you're lucky enough, yeah. you know, like if you get that community. Um, but I just, I always find it interesting with a lot of like, you know, you kind of have this idea. It's just like starts off with this little idea and then it evolves, but it evolves based on, on the back of community. Mm-hmm. Um, was it, at what point did you realise that, you know, hang on, this could be a business to, or did you not real, you know, like, cause I find sometimes it's like, oh, well, we didn't realise until, you know, this event happened or we did this. Is there a, is there kind of something that you can pinpoint back then where you're like, oh, that was, that's when it really got serious or? I would say probably when we launched the app. So mm. we had, we had a program like a web kind of app before that we worked with a, no, it was also kind of then we worked with a, a bigger business who ran a lot of the program and for Steph and I, they also ran a lot of other programs and for Steph and I, we were so passionate about being on the business side of the business and um, we also were just so passionate about Keep It Cleaner and where we could take it and what we wanted to do with it and we made the decision to go out on our own and build our own team um, and and do it ourselves and I think that was the point Mm. where we kind of, we were sitting, it was about 1am in the morning and I was living with Steph at the time so we were working together, living Mm. together. Steph was travelling a lot then so you were just come back. And it was 1am in the morning and we sat on uh, her we were in your old house mm. and we were on the f- sitting on the on floor, floor in yeah. the living room and we just had this piece of paper and we said, okay, we'd, be, we'd had been thinking about going out on our own but, I mean, at that stage, that was in 2017 mm. or t- 2018, mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. So was, how old were we? So I don't even know how God, old we were. 23-ish, <laughs> right? So we kind of were still – it was very early in, in our business journey and our careers and I suppose – and, and something that I think a lot of women face, and, and I mean all people, is kind of that imposter syndrome, like can we do it? You know, we saw this huge team and when you see this huge team doing all this work, you're like, well, we don't have ex- really experience mm. in that, so we don't really know how big it is. But I think for us one of the biggest superpowers in that time was probably naivety in that mm. we didn't actually know what we were in for and we, we did believe that that we could do it. So we sat down, it was 1 a.m. in the morning, and we did this very, very basic business plan. We'd, I'd read somewhere that you needed five months cover financially to like keep a business going so we worked out how much we we thought okay we need these five team members and this is how much we think they're going to cost and so this is what the costs are going to be and I, I didn't think of any of the other costs but it was like salaries they're the only cost you know um and then we went through um we worked that out and we worked out kind of you know what we thought we could do with it and uh, with this back of I suppose the envelope calculation decided that that we were going to go out on our own and that was probably the first time we kind of sat down and we thought because before there was another company running the program Mm. um we're going to commit to this together um and we're going to you know we believe that this can be something really really big um and there's so much we want to do with this we want to go full-time we want to do it together build a team and and see where we can take it so that was probably the yeah the moment for us so there's, there's a really interesting point there that I think you, you always go through in business when you're starting something and, and you said that you made a decision that you're going to go all in, in a sense, right? What advice do you have for business owners who are thinking about doing the same thing or they have this business idea but they're struggling to make that decision? Because uh, I, I find that, you know, 
you have you you know, I know that it was a massive struggle for me as well and, and knowing when to go all in. We recently did it again with my partner and knowing, you know, so what advice do you guys have around, you know, that decision and, and how to make it? It's really hard and I think it really comes down to the individual and their own circumstances. Like Laura and I were both incredibly fortunate that um, we were working on other things outside of Kick for the beginning. And so for the first few years of Kick, neither of us took an income or a salary and kept all the money in the business so we at least had something Mm. to start it with because that's obviously something you got to think about um especially if you're going to quit your job to start something like you got to take financials into consideration so we were very fortunate in that and then I think when we first jumped all in we were still probably only about 80% all in if that if you know if I'm honest it was a few years where I still held on to some of my modeling clients um and also Laws was finishing her law degree and we we still had those other things kind of going yeah, I, I don't want to say as backup. No, <laughs> I didn't mean financially, but I didn't mean I don't mean as backup. But it's like we were all in in a sense that it was taking up a lot of our energy and time, and it would have absolutely been shattering if it didn't work out. But we still had certain safety nets in modelling or working with different clients that we had partnerships with. Um, and then I suppose laws, you can always be a lawyer if you really if you really wanted to. Um, so you know, I'm obviously coming from a place where that was my circumstance. So I can't relate to someone who had, you know, no other option. And um, it really would be a, a huge sacrifice and risk. But I think if you if you truly believe that you have something that is, is a great offer to somebody, um, is actually going to make a difference in people's lives or, you know, depending on product, um, and you're super passionate about it, I think the biggest thing is like you can't be too scared of failure because – I think we, we, we build it up in our minds um, and make it so much worse than it is. And I think if you think of the worst case scenario, if that's not actually the end of the world for you, because it might be for some people, and then I would calculate the risk very differently for those people. But if you actually really thought about it and thought, if this doesn't work out, what am I going to lean back on or where can I go and sort of figure it out that way? I feel like that's a really comforting place to start. Mm, I agree. And I think even though I, I actually don't know where I read the five-month thing, <laughs> but it did actually make, make a difference. Make a difference. And it's even even if – because obviously it's the biggest risk when going out on your own is, is finance because mm. you just have to make sure that, you know, if, if it means that you're going to – because there's kind of two ways to think about it. There's the way that people say that, you know, if you have nothing, you have to create a sale. Like you have to make it work. But then that's obviously a lot of pressure and it really depends on your circumstances. But I think I think for us knowing that we had the five months – cover and even though we never really had to revisit that document because the five months cover was kind of also based on the fact that we didn't make one sale it was like we can keep going for five months without making a sale but it is very likely you know Mm. if you're already doing it and you go all in you're gonna you know grow from where you're at so I think we never had to look back on it and good because it wasn't (laughs) wasn't a good P&L it was very basic (laughs) never is knowing I think it's just that knowing that it's all good I can so we kind of had that five months of feeling that we can keep pushing here, we can keep growing here, we can take risks here because we know we've covered. It's almost just like for me, I think for both of us, we're quite, um, we're not humongous risk takers. Obviously, Mm. we've had to push a bit because, you know, to grow and um, challenge yourself within your business, you have to take risks. It's Mm. really, really important. Uh, But at that point, it was a really good, I suppose, balance balance Mm. for us. I think we're lucky to have both of us, isn't like I was lucky to have Laws, Laws, she's lucky to have me because I think as well, one of us would have been able to pick up if, you know, things might not have been going the right way and we would have been able to make that decision together. I think it's a whole lot harder when you're mm. doing it on your own. Yeah, definitely. I think like 
one thing that come to mind just then is like you know oft, often you hear this kind of stereotype of you have to go all in like you don't have a second chance and I'm like mm, like I get it I think mentally you should be all mm. in like you know and I think that's probably the the hill you have to climb in a sense is get yourself to a point where you're like okay mentally I'm I'm here like I'm just going to do what I have to do in the first say six months to get off the ground but um I don't necessarily I agree I think it's the individual you know like with this we invested money up front same thing a runway because you know for us it was we're actually not selling products where we're selling advertising in a sense and that's the first kind of step for us and you know unless you kind of piece a proper deal together no one's going to come in off the bed and just say yeah we're gonna we're gonna you know we'll sponsor your podcast in a sense right so um it was, it was a very similar thing where it's like cool we need runway and i think just planning that out is something that for us it's funny how is it parkinson's law where it's like you I know, don't know if you give yourself six months Maybe. It will take six months to do type thing. But it's like, so, you know, for us, it was like the 12-month mark. We gave ourselves 12 months. And it was funny how it all started to roll at like month 11, you know, once. So uh, there is that element to it as well. Um, 100%. And I think that's something too for people, you have to know when to call it. Mm, exactly. And I think for us, we've been lucky in that we haven't had to call it because obviously we've, we've had amazing success with Kick so far. But I think that's something that, that I do see um, and where – in some business owners and it is it's so hard to start a business and I think the success rate is you know in five, every out of five businesses only one more kind of small businesses that are launched will succeed past year one I believe I've read that before too I don't know where <laughs> it's something like that but it's hard that basically the probability is low that the business yeah. will succeed and so it's really important to to make sure you know when to call it and you don't hang on so I think and that's really good to be important to be clear and it's almost also might help people with taking that jump at the start mm. knowing that okay this is what I'm going to give it this is the time I'm going to invest into it this yeah. is the, the money I'm going to invest into it and at this point if it's not working I'm going to call it yeah and starting with, with that as well kind of might help with yeah and I think it's like it's social media as well it can be so inspiring and encouraging but at the same time what it doesn't show a lot of the time is what someone has gone through to get mm. their business to x um and also maybe what fortunate position they might have been in to even start it in the, in the first place so it seems like these days you know there might be a lot more small businesses succeeding but you actually don't know to what level that success is and it really matters on how you define it anyway so I think that's just an important thing to remember as well it is important to go back to that fact that it's actually it's actually really hard and it's um more likely than not that it won't succeed if you think about it like that yeah definitely you know the the first six months of getting anything off the ground is the hours you have to put in is out of this world like it's and I think that's the thing that that's the thing that catches you off guard, off guard most of the time. But mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I think my situation now to, compared to when I started my first business is completely different. There's different people I have to speak to, you know, and, and different ever, different people involved as well. So I think it just speaks to like, you know, being able to sit down, plan something out, understand, hey, am I in a position to actually take this risk right now? Who else gets affected in this, mm-hmm. you know, right now? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the big one. That's the big one for me is like, you know, compared to when I was 23, I had nothing to worry about. You know what I mean? Now it's like, you know, there's other people involved. So I think that's really Mm -hmm. important as well. I would love to dive into some of the core lessons then from that you you guys learned, you know, from the early days, you know, real startup vibes, you know, what what were some of the things that you think you did really well and some of the things you think maybe you look back and you go, we learned a lot from that uh, and that really helped us kind of, you know, push through to, to get to where you are right now. 
Oh, I would say one of the biggest learnings I think that we did well is that we, I mean, in having it also helped having one another, but problem solving in that we didn't have, like when, you first, when we first started, we didn't have a marketing budget. We didn't have one for years. But you just work out ways to make it work. When you don't have a lot of resources, you have to work out how to, how to make that work for you. So I think that was something that we did really, really well, even when we launched the ebook. It's funny when we reflect on the ebook because while it was definitely a hobby, uh, we, had, we had a partnership agreement for it, but it was because all of our family and friends were like, you can't go into business with a friend without an <laughs> agreement. And like, I don't, know, I don't know if we even ever looked at it again. I don't again. know, yeah. I don't but we know. had one. Um, but then one of the other things we did was that we, um, I think I just finished contract law and I was like well I know how to write a contract so we, we put this partnership agreement together and we went out to a couple of brands and said do you want to sponsor our ebook and so we put we had we went out to two brands and both of those brands were kind of incorporated within the recipes and Steph and I had never like written a partnership agreement before gone and sat with someone a business and said hey do you want to give us some money because you know we're going to launch this product and we also haven't tested this product but here's how we think it's going to go and so I think when we think back because when we talk about it often we, we say the ebook was just a passion project and it was a hobby and, and it was but I think we kind of underestimate <laughs> we did put a lot of thought into that and you know it was years, years yeah. and years ago and we hadn't had a lot of business experience so we just gave it a go I think that was that was a big thing I think on reflecting on the biggest learning in terms of um, I suppose when I say mistake it's obviously in business mistakes you learn so much from them but I think for us it was underestimating ourselves and what we could do with kick I think the the biggest mistakes for us is when we other people believed in us more than we believed in ourselves and when you're in that type of situation that's when sometimes you can sign the wrong contract uh, or if you're thinking you think small and mm. you can't when you're in the start of a business in infancy it can be so exciting to get like oh my god this brand wants to work with us wow it's amazing they want to you know pay us x but actually hang on if you work with that if we work with that brand are we then locked into something for the next you know however many years and it puts a ceiling on you. So I think that's something that, um, I mean, we've been able to navigate through it, but I think quite a, a few times we've gone into kind of get really excited by the shiny light and thought, okay, let's go into this. And it's put a ceiling on us and we've had to navigate our way out of it. And then on reflection, we'd be like, wow, like look where we've we've got to now. But but I think it's also important to acknowledge that when we first started the ebook, if we had have sat down and said, okay, where can we see Kick going? Like what's the dream for Kick? Yeah. It has grown to uh, beyond our wildest dreams. And yeah. so I think that's really important to acknowledge as yeah. well because it is something that because without you a can't plan. expect. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably a big learning. And I think it's something that when you're first starting out, you can be very easily um, influenced by people around you that have more experience uh, in their career. And you think, oh, they must know because they've you know worked 20 years longer than I have. And yes, it's absolutely important to take advice from people. But I think too, it's... It's your business. Like mm. no one knows your business as well as you do and it's so important to remember. And I think that's something that we would both acknowledge that we have done really well is from the get-go, from the e-book, we have been in touch with our community and know our community inside and out and are so proud of that community uh, and they control most decisions that we make in, in the business. It's all for them at the end of the day. And so I think that's something that we've always put first and any of those decisions that we made – you know, that might not necessarily have been the right direction. We should have trusted our gut on because it's always been in tune with the community. So it's just been interesting to learn that along the way. Did you guys find that, so 
obviously when you, you start hiring and that would have been a big part of, you know, the initial stages after that real startup vibes. But it's like, did you guys find, so I'm just, I don't want to word this right. So it's because I, I feel like what you guys are talking about is that you're very emotionally invested and, and aware of what your community wants and what you want the brand to stand for. Uh, and then obviously when you hire people and you bring people into the company uh, who are experts in a particular field and, and they're really good at what they do, um, how much did the problem-solving culture that you guys had initially, because it was just you two and that's you know how you work together, play into uh, knowing when to trust your gut you know, around yeah. the community versus letting the ex, you know, the person you've just hired really run with a certain idea. Like, you know, cause I feel like that's one of the, the toughest things to do totally. when you, when you first start hiring and especially in the early days. Mm. Yeah. I would say, I mean, for us, one of our core values that kick internally is being nimble. Mm. And so it's something that we've tried to keep from when we had four employees to, to now when we have a team of 17. And so that's been really, really important we also, when we first started, we didn't have the data that we have now. And mm. we, we definitely, I think what's really good is that we, we use the data. That's really important. Something that three years ago, we would have had no idea what anyone was doing <laughs> in our app or, you know, yeah. in, our, in our website. But now we have more information. And what's, what's great is that quite often the, the information, the data that comes through is very in line with, you know, what the community is wanting. And I think too, it's in, for Steph and I, we've now worked in this industry for, uh, how many years? So since twenty kind of yeah. twenty seventeen, like yeah. six years, twenty sixteen, six years now. And so I think too we have got in that time. And it's funny because sometimes we say, oh, we you know we're we're not that experienced. We've only been you know working for this many years, but we have we are researching and looking into every element and nook of this in like the fitness kind of subscription health wellness space every single day. So I think too we've got a lot of knowledge of the industry. So that really really helps. Um, and and our that's, we have a fantastic team who supports mm. us with that. And then we've got all the data, which is so exciting to have all this data. I'm, yeah. I'm, I love. <laughs> she <laughs> loves numbers and data. <laughs> I love all the data. So it's been actually, it, it's more so that we now make, I suppose, and also the decisions we make as you grow as a company. If we made a decision three years ago with the team of four or five, mm. the implications on that, if it didn't go right, are much smaller than where they are now. Mm -hmm. So now we can kind of make really informed decisions with, with data-informed decisions, but also with with what the, the community is asking for. So I think it's been, to this point right now, we still have a fantastic balance of that kind of being nimble um, within the team and, yeah, still trusting the intuition and, and the community and being in tune with them. But it's important. We have to make sure we set up, um, I think, consciously ways to connect mm. with them because I think as your business grows, it, when it's just you and the kind of the community or, you know, Steph and I in the community – that's, you know, we talk, we were talking to them all the time, but the bigger the business gets, the more admin there is and mm. the more layers there becomes in, in terms of between you and your customer. And so I think it's we make sure that there's so many things in place at Kick, like we've got our Facebook community um, that we're in every day, but we just make sure we're consciously always connecting with them because that's why we do what that, we do. Yeah, that was going to be a follow-up question is what were some of the – because obviously it, it's changed a little bit now, but what are the strategies that you guys use to, to actually connect? You know, like because I feel like – you know, most businesses are looking to build communities in, in, you know, the modern age. So it's, you know, how do you guys connect and, and what were some of the strategies early on compared to how they are now? And is it literally just being authentic and just putting yourself in there and communicating, having real conversations? 
Yeah, I mean, our community love real conversations. Uh, and I think that's where we saw a bit of a shift as well. Um, and something that Laura and I really enjoyed is the community aren't looking at Laura and I for, for expertise or anything. They're just looking for a bit of advice or kind of sisterly advice. And um, we jump into the community for motivation and encouragement just as much as they do. Mm. We are just other members of the community and we really love that and so I would say that something that has been quite consistent is our Facebook community which we did actually lose and have to start from scratch again when we launched the app Um, and it was just amazing to kind of see them come back and for it to all freshen up and start again because that that is such a beautifully engaged amazingly engaged mm. community um, and it's not just you know direct food and fitness and stuff that that's spoken on there they talk about growing confidence in in their careers and their relationships it's a it's a really wholesome beautiful space and so that would I say is, is is our strong strong engaged community but then you know we obviously touch um, on their lives every day in the app through the content that we serve with them um, obviously social media platforms which we utilize um, as much as we can and one of our personal favorites is the events that we get to do I mean when we get to actually see our community members in person there's nothing more rewarding and as Laura said you know as the business grows and there's more processes and stuff with with what we do day to day you do get a little bit further away from the community so if it can't be Obviously, we try and do virtually connect, connecting through them every day. But when we get to see them in person at one of our mm-hmm. kick tours or a, a fitness expo or something, it is so special because I think it's it's one of those moments where they might open up to you for three minutes, but they'll tell you how the app has changed their life for the better yeah. or their partner will tell you that or their mum will tell you that. And it just kind of grounds you in a way that's like, this is why we do what we do. And it's, it's the biggest motivator and it's, it's super special and it's very, very important to us, no matter kind of how our roles evolve in the company, they're still so close to our hearts. Like we're still touching base with them all the time. And the the whole team is really too. I think that's, what's been really amazing about the expertise we've brought on board. Um, You know, they're all in touch with the community as well. They're all active in the community and they're all, they're all kind of living that kick kick life which is really important as well for them to understand both the product and community as much as we do it's so interesting those little moments isn't it where you you know you, you might have been caught in the weeds for three months just kind of like you know business 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 and then you forget that oh this is why I'm doing it or you know yeah. a conversation with someone and you're like ah oh, okay they kind of just grounded that gave me the grounding I need for the next three months in a sense it's yeah it's really it's I mean even from this the podcast perspective like um well you see a listener's number and yeah. that's it. You see how many listens or downloads you get, but then it's you forget there's real people sometimes, and it's it's really grounding and wholesome when you when you realise that. Yeah, hundred percent. So we had some guests on um, the owner of a uh, the owners of Elite Eleven, um, and you know we had like our best month ever, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Um, but then I went to um, one of their they had a birthday, and then. It was wild, the conversations I was having there. I'm like, oh, like I didn't realise that that number correlates to Pete. Like you don't, you just can't <laughs> yeah. make that connection. And I'm like, people actually listen, you know, like mm. it, it's crazy. Um, but I think, you know, like you said, it, that's the stuff that grounds you. And, and business should be about that, mm. you know, like, like even – and I would love to hear about uh, some of the values because it sounds like you're very value-orientated, you <laughs> know, like you really care about, about you know um, – relationships and 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 you know those kind of conversations so from a I guess a I don't want to say management but like Mm. you know how how all that factors in together um 
how do you set those core values and then how does that you know um transfer into culture and and you know because not everybody would you know like uh there are t- like a, c- a company's culture right well you, you mentioned that people love being in your community and they love being invested so obviously there's that's that's something that you guys look for when you hire and, and so on so i'd love to hear about you know how you've managed to build that culture mm. Well, I mean, our values, we, we did a big project on them at the start of last year and it was the first time we'd really honed in on them and that was so valuable to mm. do as an exercise. I think it's something that when, as you grow as a team, it's something, one of the things with when you're scaling that you kind of take for granted because when you have a very small team, everyone's kind of been yeah. on the whole, you know, the whole the journey. journey and they know it. But then you realise when you're, you know, onboarding all these people, hang on, they haven't, they, like, they're not going to know. You have to, you have to set this to be really clear. So I think for us, like, it starts with being super clear with what our mission is at Kick, and, and for us it's, you know, it's the impact that we can have on, on people's lives for, you know, hopefully their whole lives and empower them with ways that they can live a healthier life and not in a safe, safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really special. Like we really want to be the best 30 minutes of someone's day and if someone's waking up and getting up early in the morning and it's freezing cold outside and they're choosing Kick, like we want that to be the best time that they have and mm. we want them to feel good and, and know that they're amazing for doing it. So I think it starts with that and then in terms of values, our, our values at Kick are, um, as I said, nimble, uh, kindness that's really really important and kindness is a value that's within our kind of internal company cultural values and then also an external value for the brand it's it's so 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 important and then community so communities at our core so obviously as Steph spoke on touched on the community is so 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 important at kick but that extends to our internal community as well and we want to make sure I think it's something that when we've had um, kind of advisors and consultants come in they've just said wow like your team when anyone needs help Everyone's like, oh, I could, I'll help, I'll help. And, you know, they might be up at capacity and it's not actually what they usually do, but it's like, it's almost like we've had to do it like, okay, make sure you stay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, know you, you make sure that you're not overloading yourself. Um, and we're so lucky that, that we have that. And then Fresh is another one for us. We want to make sure, especially being a tech company, we're super innovative with mm. everything that we're doing, mm. um, especially with our content. We really pride ourselves on being kind of market leading in Fresh, um, really engaging, fun fun content um, and then own it is another one and that's really really important I think it's so important to enable our, our team and in any environment a place where they know that they can make when I say again mistakes is a, seems like a bad word it's not a kick it's absolutely not if you you know we try something in the marketing team or the tech or whatever it might be and it doesn't go to plan it's like we've got so many learnings from that and it's so that's why where own it comes in because I, I think something that I've learned a lot and and Seth as as well in our own personal journeys in our career is that if you try something and it doesn't work if you own that and say hey I thought this is going to work it didn't here's why you will remember that forever and then you'll go and next time and you you try it again but you try it a different way but I find that if you don't own things as you go own things as you go you can kind of continue to you don't get the learnings from it and that's there's so much value in that so they're our our core core company values um and I think we're so lucky the team the team mm. live by them mm. every every single day. Uh, and so how did – so because a, a big part of that as well is obviously your roles changing and uh, having to lead from the front with that kind of stuff. And, and, and obviously from – you go back to the very beginning, it's just, it's just you two, right? And it's yeah. like, you know, you, and, and you, I, I guess that, that would be a, a positive because you naturally would have had that culture there. But I'd love to hear how your roles change and how you've individually actually both managed that and, mm. and how that's 
because you know life goes on life changes from when we were younger as well and it's like you know so how have your roles changed mm. over the years and uh, how have you actually dealt with that because I know that's a that's I reckon personally that's the hardest thing as well you, mm. you know when you go from being the technicians in the business to then it's literally all about people management and and everybody's different and you know so how have, how have you both individually how are the roles changed and then mm. how have you dealt with that personally it, it's funny because Laura and I, because we know each other inside and out, for a long time, especially when our team was quite small, I think in our own minds we had different roles or different responsibilities because we both naturally just kind of went those directions and and would naturally spend more time on the things that we were more passionate about uh, and then come together on the decisions we needed to make together. And then it kind of became apparent to us that a lot of the team weren't aware of those <laughs> things. And so yeah. they were often confused who to go to um, for certain decisions or points of view. And uh, so we did have to kind of clarify it a little bit more and um, simply put, you know, a lot more of the kind of customer, ex- customer experience, um, product design, content side of things and community is is me. Like I, I love that makes me tick and I'm super passionate about it um I like put myself in our customers shoes and and just want to like do the workouts with them and work out what's wrong if there's anything wrong um and then Laura is just so incredible when it comes to all our data and management and she's our CEO now and she's been killing it um and I think ever since taking on that role as well I feel like I'm just speaking for you but um (laughs) she's been able to kind of I knew it was in her all along but she's been able to really kind of shine um in the leadership role that I always knew that she could and um it's been really amazing to see her flourish in that and and see the team really understand the differences in our role and it's just worked so much more seamlessly since we did that and um the other thing is like what we had also done and this helps that we are also close friends but we've had a lot of honest conversations along the way we know that we both don't have the exact same career Um, trajectory or what we want to do our goals are a little bit different and that I think shapes what we do in the business day-to-day as well because that's important as well so um yeah I think that's pretty much it yeah (laughs) I mean it's it's um it was it was funny this the story of how we kind of worked out our roles because I think for us for Steph and I roles have never been especially when you run your own company you almost think it's a bit of a novelty if you give yourself a role. Yeah, having a like, title. Well, I gave this to myself. So. so I don't have to do everything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like you can kind of go like technically and I think that's not the type of leaders we want to be. Like I I, I think – and it's to know if someone – if you start a company and it's just you and you call yourself CEO, like all power to you. I think for me it was maybe for us, both of us, it was a confidence thing. But also it doesn't mean you can – you'd be able to get that role at Telstra or what, you know, you, do you know what I mean? It's like you yeah. can kind of, so I think for us with the titles, it's always been something like... Yeah, we were just like, yeah. Ah, like we'll just, you know, <laughs> we'll just keep helping where we can. But I think, um, so the way that it, but it's also, it's a really hard thing to navigate. And we actually had a consultant come in. Um, she's a wonderful woman. She's on our advisory board. Her name's Gabrielle Famous. She's got a very cool name. <laughs> um, and she worked with both of us and spoke to us, like had really honest conversations. Like, what do you want to do if, you know, after kick, like what do you want to do in your career? and 
and all these things and um, and, and kind of worked within the business and then she she kind of had a conversation privately with both of us about what she thinks we should both do within the business and when she said to me like oh have you like the CEO role is something that I think you know would work for you and I was like oh no I, I wouldn't because like that's not because what about Steph like it's that's not fair on Steph and like she'll think that I'm trying to control the company and I'm not and like all of these things and then she's like laughing like Laura I've already spoken to Steph and Steph felt bad putting that on you because it's a lot of responsibility. So we have kind of navigated two years of just not discussing it. And yeah. Steph didn't say anything because she felt bad putting it on me and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to think Steph to think that I was trying to take over. So it was, it was a really funny thing. And obviously communication is very important. But yeah. um, it, was, it was just one of those things. And I think for me it's been in, in owning the role um, – I think too when you define your roles I think another thing that's been really great is you then own something yeah. and then it's not like oh everyone's responsible so someone will work it out and then maybe <laughs> not no one really owns it so we've really been able to own and hone in on our skills and I mean for me like leadership is really hard management is really hard and I've put a lot of time into learning and and developing and um, we've got great advisors in the business now and like every time I speak to them I literally write a thousand words of, of everything they're saying and I just try and absorb it all so yeah so it's been a yeah no I remember that conversation with Gabrielle <laughs> so clearly because she was kind of um you know saying with the when, if we're going to like restructure parts of the business and stuff like that, you know, the, the role of CEO, really, ne- you really need a CEO basically. And I was kind of like, well, I feel like Laura already does that. Um, and then she was saying something, she asked something like how I would feel if that was the case, if she was to fill the role. I said, well, I think she already does. And also I wouldn't want anyone else in that role. Like I'd feel really odd if we got someone else in on that role. So yes, but it, as she said, there was no way I was going to be like, hey, can you be the CEO? Because <laughs> it's huge. Like, but she's killing it. Guys, if you're loving this episode, make sure to take a screenshot, give us a tag, or even take a photo if you're watching it. Give us a tag, help spread the love. It helps us out dramatically. Guys, I've owned businesses now for 10 years, and let me tell you, it is hard enough as it is. Business insurance is just one of those things you don't want to have to worry about. I've been with BizCover now for six years, uh, and they make it seamless. No hassle, uh, no paperwork, and you can get insured instantly. So it's tax time. Uh, Do yourself a favor. Go see if you can save some money and get a better deal. So what have you learned about people then, mm-hmm. you know, as, as uh, you know, in, in, the, in the roles that you're in now, you're obviously, you know, dealing with um, staff and, and so on. So, like, I always find that re- really interesting mm. is, like, what have you learned about people and how they interact? Mm. And because and obviously, you know, like, it's a different journey that you've been on, you know, in a sense where it's like, it's, you know, like, uh, in terms of just being in a startup, just you two, you know, you, you've obviously um, studied and, and, and done different things, but then, like, you know, the role that, you know, as you're building the company, what have you learned about people that um, you could, you know, give the, the audience, the listeners some advice on? I mean, it's like there's be, there'd be so many little things and we're still learning every single day um, because I think any new person you bring on board, you, you learn something new because that's the thing about people is they're all so unique uh, and we're all so unique in what we expect from someone and then also what they would expect um, the business and the culture to be. So it's a learning all the time, but I feel like it's it's finding that balance between 
you know, wanting to have a really great culture and, and having really great relationships within within the business and obviously making sure everyone's actually enjoying what they're doing. Um, at the same time as trying to balance out, you know, not always having too much emotion in things because at the end of the day, if someone leaves, it's not something that we might have done personally and we can't take it personally. It's just they might have had a really exciting job opportunity or they've had enough time at kick and they've grown and now they want to go to – and so it's finding that balance between having enough emotion that you can connect with someone and build a relationship and um, obviously so that they can enjoy what they do at the same time as um, yeah not not taking things too emotional when it gets really hard yeah that's the hardest balance I think yeah and in the world I would say and I think for me it's it's within kick but then also just in general I think the biggest thing I've learned about people is that we all like have our shit and we're all going yeah. through things and it's – I used to think like especially with, with my role and with people in executive roles, right, I used to think that to be in an executive role, I had this idea – and to be completely honest, it was a male. Like I can't – which is so – it's so bizarre because I, I wa- I'm so passionate about females, you know, being in executive roles. It's so, so, so important. But if I really question myself and I think of like in my head and maybe also why I was so hesitant to be like I can do that is because I, to me, don't look like the person that I thought would be a CEO. Like mm-hmm. I think we all build up things in our head and, and I think, I mean, all I think all genders do it but I think women in particular do it I think we think that we need to tick a thousand boxes before you know we can do x y and z but it's absolutely not the case and I think that's something I've learned a lot is that even people that I've you know some advisors that you know we've spoken to and just people along the way they are also still working it out you know they might have had 40 years experience and be really really high up in all these companies but they still don't have all the answers because also with people that's the thing every single person is different everyone is motivated differently everyone Mm. is going through different things and you're learning every single kind of step of the way for your entire career and that's I think for me learning that and realizing because we I mean when I was 21 I thought I knew Everything, everything. Yeah, like yeah. anyone said to me, oh, I'm like, no, no. Like I, I know. Like I, I remember, I before we had kick, I um, and I had this this protein powder company, and I remember thinking with Coles and Woolworths, um, and we we then had products, but well, we do have products in Coles and Woolworths, um, with Keep It Cleaner, the other side of the business. But I remember thinking with the protein powder. I'm not going to go approach Coles and Woolworths. They're, they're, I'm going to wait. Uh, they're going to approach us and we're going to set the payment terms. We're going to set all of these. These And it was just so funny when I look back at my my little jo- my little journal that I had, the things that I thought that I could do at that age. Um, but being able to let go of that. And I mean, that was good because it's like, you've got to believe in yourself. Really you've got to have confidence. You've got to have confidence. But then within your, I think something so beautiful is just letting go of the fact that you are always going to be learning. And it's so beautiful. Like if we just don't learn and we get to a point where we grow okay I'm here in my career now I know everything I'm never going to learn anything like for me that's like such a sad life like challenging yourself and growing is that for me is what drives me every single day and so I think that's what I've learned too it's like there's no stage I, I haven't met anyone at this point no matter how successful they are where they just finish learning and they know everything yeah, and, and most of the people you talk to in those positions will tell you that. Yeah, You know, exactly. like you paint this big picture of like, okay, they're perfect, they know everything, that's why they're in the role and that's why I can't do it. But then you speak to them and, and really it's just more they're, they're self-aware, they they are open to learning, mm. they know that they're not always right and so on. So um, totally, totally understand that. Um, was there any other lessons, say from, you know, 
scaling kick that that you you wanted to share or you you know you think that were really important you know in or you know that you you kind of went through and you're like wow like that we learned so much from that I'm trying to think I think I mean people is a big one getting the right people on your team is is so important your team is the most pivotal part of your business like they they're the engine of your business they have Mm. they have to be the right people for you and for your business and where you want to go and then I think as well it's really important to have a very clear mission and vision and for your team to understand that Mm. I think something that we've probably learned along the way is that we have got a lot of context from our invite like from working on the business for so long that that's in our brains but we can't just assume that you know if you walk into the business's door that you're going to have that context so it's like how do you as, as leaders in the business put that into the business so everyone can see it and understand it and and is aligned with what you're doing I think if you have a very clear vision and mission then your team will know where to go but if they don't have that clear guidance from you then you have to think like well where are they looking for it and if you don't have guidance that's when you it's really hard to be motivated so I think that's really important yeah Oh, I was going to ask, how do you, so that's a real, I, I love that. And, and even I think tactically, how are you, how do you do that? You know, like, like if we're actually talking nitty gritty, how do you get that purpose, that vision, that mission without it just being words on a wall in mm-hmm. a sense and actually communicate that? Is it, you know, uh, is it, is it in the, the, um, you know, the little things that you do in the week, the little things you say to people, like how do you guys transfer, translate that? Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose as our roles in the business is important in everything that we do, that we're always working towards that vision and we believe in it. And I think too that that really helps on when things go wrong, if you're clear on your – or they don't go to plan or whatever it might be. If you're clear mm. on your vision, the little things that go wrong, they don't stop you, but I think – and you just you just move on or you, you troubleshoot and, you, you know, you problem solve. But if that vision is not clear – then that's when you can get caught up in, in those kind of small problems. So I think in, in what we do, in the way that we are in the business, it's important. And then also um, to be, I suppose, a bit more particular, with, we've got a very clear document that everyone has with it. Mm-hmm. So it's all documented. Yep. Um, it's something that we revisit often. And, and to be honest, we probably don't re- revisit it often enough. So it's something that as a business, you have to consciously make sure that, you know, you're always revisiting that document. And even if it seems like, oh, everyone knows this, it's like, it's actually never, like never too many times that, that you can kind of revisit it and make sure you're all aligned um, on that. And even like with our values, we did uh, exercise with the team. And it was really interesting because everyone, while the, you know, we define the values and, and what they mean at kick. We did an exercise where we all had a, um, what do they call like a little canvas thing. Yeah, a little canvas. Um, in our office, we're in the Commons um, in South Yarra and they've got an art oh, room. It's really great. And so we all painted what one of the, the values. values. One or you could do all of it, whatever people wanted to do, that how they saw it. And it was, it was so interesting going around the room and listening to how every single person kind of interpreted them differently, but it was all under the same kind of thing. And it was, it was really special. And I think doing things like that to bring mm. them to life is really important. I think if you just send them across in an email and it's like, here's what we do. <laughs> it's like, well, why? And mm. like, your mission can't be like, we want to make lots of money. Like that's not a mission. It's like you have to, for us, I think we're really lucky that we truly make an impact on people's lives. And it's why it's so important that, you know, we're all in the community because yeah. we can see the real life impact we are having every single day. And that, that's what keeps you going. How much of, so, so I feel like that's one of the things that changes from the early days to now. It's, it's the, instead of just purely working in the business, it's the, it's the stuff that you can, add on top you know like the you mentioned just the the painting of the values and it's those little things that you 
in the beginning, you just don't get time for that, do mm. you? But like, and and so, is that are you like th- those kind of things are the things that really help translate that purpose, that mission, that and and really kind of get people invested and believing? Yeah, definitely that and being in the community because our internal values are, are very very similar, if not the same, to the external ones that we share with our community. So, it's it's I think when you're in the product itself and you're you might follow a workout or follow a meditation or see what we're presenting them or read an EDM from us um, or be within the community and see the type of queries that come up you just you mm. you understand mm. it a whole lot more so that's really important um, I mean we've got the paintings up on the wall and then once <laughs> a month we get together with the team and um, it rotates at the moment of, of two people kind of planning the activity the other day we had a scavenger hunt throughout the commons and it was amazing <laughs> two team members put it together um, and it's just coming together like that that builds on that culture and kind of reminds us of of those values I think that's that's super important I think too taking people on the journey mm. so obviously every single person in every business is contributing to the end goal but I think sometimes it gets lost as to what that contribution you know if you're an engineer in our team and you're building a filter you're not just we, we try and we, we want to make sure that we're taking everyone on the journey mm. so they're not just coding in a filter just because we need a filter it's like we need that because we've seen through you know through the community this is something they've requested and this is how they're going to be used be able to use it and mm. this is how it's going to make their lives better and they're going to get more out of the app and all those things so I think it's really important to make sure that like in our team like one of the biggest goals in our leadership is to make sure that every single person mm. knows that everything that they do it doesn't matter how senior they are or how non-senior they are they are impacted impacting the end goal and and under, I think it's important that leaders make sure that their team understands that that impact is actually connected to that that's yeah, important because otherwise yeah. it's like how do you get motivated to do what you do mm. yeah it's it's like you know the communication side of it is just so important like mm. you know like um you can say something one way and and say it another way and it can, you know that, that can be just a, a massive flow-on effect you know in in both directions you know what I mean so um what about personal characteristics that you've both, you know, had to, to shift over the years? Because I know that's something that I've been in business for 10 years and I look back and I can I can look back and say, yep, really had to, <laughs> to change that and, and or improve in that area. What are some of the characteristics that as you became leaders in the business you've had to kind of look back at and or self-reflect on and, and, and not, you know, necessarily change but just improve and, and some of the things that maybe people can learn from? Um, listening. For yeah. me, I think that's a big one, getting better at listening and actually like active listening in that every, when you're, I mean, you have to find a balance, but when you're talking, you're not actually learning or li- hearing others, obviously. So mm. it's not better to fill every meeting with your words. Like, you know, listening is really, really important. I think that's that's one thing. Um, I think for me, understanding people better and in terms of, of what you just said before around, you could say one thing and to three to three different people and every single person could interpret what you said differently and so I've learned that and it's knowing that you need to you can't just because and I also I'm quite a and this is something that I work on and depending on who I'm working on I changed my working style but I'm a very like go 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 talk very fast like (laughs) do things quite quick and I know that not everyone works that way. And I know that if I go in and go, <laughs> not everyone's going to come out of that meeting and be like, I know exactly what Laura <laughs> means and what she wants me to do, right? So you have to make sure, I think that's something that I've learned, that you have to be very, very adaptable because there is no way you can hire. Also, you don't want to hire a team that has exactly the same traits as you because then you're not going to get an amazing mix of people that are all going to come together and you know be able to achieve 
greatness or, and, you know, the success that, that you want. So I think that's something too, being really adaptable and knowing that to get the best out of your team, you have to do that. And, yeah, it's just so important. It's hard. Yeah, I was going to ask, is, how hard is that? It you is know, hard. Because I'm the same. Like, I, you know, I'm the exact same. And, and that's something I'm even trying to work on now. Like, we come out of a meeting the other day and I'm like, I did it again, didn't I, type <laughs> thing. Like, you know, where you just kind of have an idea. And you're like, ah. But, yeah, so, like, how hard is that, you know, and, and difficult? Because I think that's something that's important. Like, because it's also a vulnerability thing, right? Like, it's one of those things where you have to learn that it's not necessarily a, you know, it's not like you're a bad person or, or something like that. How do I deal with the fact that, you know, maybe I'm getting feedback or, you know, I was aware of this, like not getting down on yourself, but just realizing, Hey, like I need to improve on this. Cause that's a really hard mm. skill to, to, to master. Oh, a hundred percent. I think, I mean, for me, it's that in, I've had a meeting with someone and then two weeks later they've sent me through something and I'm like, Oh my goodness this isn't what I wanted, but that's not on you. That's mm. on me because I obviously was extremely unclear with, with what I was saying. So it's like every time that happens, it's making sure again, coming back to our value of owning it, like making sure that I acknowledge, hey, I obviously do not communicate. How can I do this better next time? And it's trial and error. And I think that's something that you have to learn because you obviously you get better at it, but mm. as you bring in different people and different personality types and people that have different styles of working, no one is the same. It's not like... You know, I know I work really well with Steph and I can use exactly the same thing that I've done with Steph with, with other people. It's like you have to have trial and error and I think <laughs> it's it's okay to own that. And like that's that's okay. That's I don't think anyone expects you to completely understand someone the second they walk in the room. But you just have to make sure you're learning along the way and, and kind of owning it so then you can make it work. I find I found that that's helped me a bit. I don't know if that helps. Yeah, no, but I think sure. also in your leadership as well, I think something that, the team really respond well to is obviously confidence is really important with leadership, but it's also showing that vulnerability. It's mm. like, you, you know, you don't come off to the team as like, I, I'm, I know everything. I'm super confident. Don't challenge me. Like it's really important to show that you can own up mm. to, to things that you might've said wrong or done wrong. And, and that's okay. And we're all going to learn from it and move forward. And I think that's a really important part, important part through your leadership style. Thanks. That's nice. Mm. So I think I think with vulnerability, I mean, it's something that I because of, and for both of us, because of our social media platforms, and it's really the core of what we do on there, and what we want to do on there is just make people feel less alone. So you know, if we go through something, it's like if we can share that with them, and and they're like, oh, it's not just me, and I can get through today. Like that's that's why we do what we do, right? Mm. So I think for me, like an example of that is um, my, how I'm, I'm a really anxious person and I was really wary for so long to open up about my anxiety on social media because I knew that our team would see it mm. and I used to think that I can't be a good leader if I have anxiety. Like that makes me flawed and then I can't do the job and I opened up about it. Nothing happened. Like no one in the team is like, well, sorry, you're anxious. Like we don't want you to lead us anymore. And so I think what one positive of kind of having, because it is, it is a balance of having kind of this social media platform that's built on being real and, mm. and, and raw. And I, we wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know how to be on social media. If I'm, I'm not, to be honest, like I, don't, I really don't know what else I would do in there, right? <laughs> so it's like balancing that with also leading. And it's almost like we're being forced to kind of be really vulnerable and lead with vulnerability. And then I think it's kind of formed our leadership styles mm. but yeah we wouldn't have it any other way mm. yeah amazing is there any any characteristics for yourself that you look back on yeah I mean like I've grown I feel like I've grown up through through working with laws and um as our team have 
grown. Um, you know, when we met, I was full-time modelling and very much involved and loved it and thought that was going to be, you know, my forever. And it's a very, very different career um being a model and working for yourself basically and being alone in everything that you do I mean obviously I had a manager and I worked with clients but solely you're your own team um to then working with people and it's funny that I was so kind of stuck on thinking that that was going to be my forever career because I've always always loved being in a team you know throughout school I was Mm -hmm. always playing team sports I really hated any kind of athlete um, athletics or anything that was by myself I had to be in a team sport um, and really loved also being in leadership and, and doing all that sort of stuff so it, it's funny how it's kind of turned into that because um, I wouldn't have put myself in, I when I came out of school I wouldn't have had the confidence um, to think that this is something that I could do I didn't study business in high school or anything like that um, but I think I had a lot of the personal skills and people skills maybe um, to be able to manage it, which has been amazing. But I think one of the biggest shifts I've seen is obviously when it comes to working with a team and not being solo, um, I can't go with the flow as much. Like I have to be a lot <laughs> into processes and and just being more organised generally. And I think for a while there were, where I was, you know, wearing a few different hats within the team and maybe wasn't so senior in the team, um, I kind of could still get away with that for a little while as our team was a little bit smaller. But as it's grown, it's been obviously much more important to have very clear roles and responsibilities and um, own things. And I've wanted that too. I've craved that as well. Um, But obviously to do that, you can't can't just go with the flow. (laughs) Um, So that's been a huge thing for me, um, which doesn't come naturally to me, but it it does help. Like I, it's kind of, I kind of relate it to my tidiness at home. I'm quite an untidy person. People would be quite surprised. I think um, my partner, Josh, does 90% of the cleaning around the house and everything like that. I don't know what it would look like if I lived alone. But uh, it's funny because it doesn't come naturally to think of that sort of side of things. But even I said to Laura last night, I decided to just clean the house instead of sitting on the on the couch and watching the TV. And I felt so good after it. So it's just one of those things. It's kind of like staying organized. It feels like, oh, that's not what I want to do or not how I like to work. But then when I actually do it, it's it just feels so much better and I feel so much better for it. And I know it's better for the team. So that's a huge shift, I think, in the way that I work that's happened. But as I said, there's so much I have to learn um, and, I, and I love learning and I never – I've been really confident in what we do because – I know our community and I know our our brand and it's it was our baby. So I'm really confident in that space. But outside of that, you know, that's why we have all these incredible people on our team because they are good at what they do and I'm so keen to learn from them. Um, so I feel like I've always been open in that space, but it's the, yeah, it's the organised space that I'm still still not 100% there, but <laughs> I love I'm seeing, growing. I lo- you know, I love seeing the chemistry between you two, but also how you're, you're so different. Right? So different. So She's different. always been so regimented. Yeah. And you still are, and that's what makes you tick. And I love that <laughs> oh, about Sam, you. It's no, so cool. <laughs> no, no, but it's like that's you've, you've figured it out. That's what makes you tick. And, you know, for so long I was like, that's so not me. But, you know, the older I'm getting, I'm feeling like I need a – I've been taking some leaves from her book. <laughs> it's been good. <laughs> it's funny how business is the great teacher, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's one of those things that always humbles you. It always brings you back down to earth. It teaches you so much, kind of shows you what you need to work on at different times, mm. you know. So I, I definitely love it for that reason too. Um, I, I feel like everybody I talk to has their own philosophy on business. Now, 
there's n- there's no rule book and, or anything like that. But I feel like everybody has a way they think about it. Uh, and I'd love to hear how you would both, you know, if you were starting again today, like how would you do it? You know, like is it is it different to how you did it? You know, or, you know, so like what I mean is obviously we talked about it. You guys were a community first. Mm. Would you still really go down that path? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear how you would do it, how you would build a business from oh, scratch. Oh, I mean, it, it's it's funny when you talk about community first in terms of like it's like what every brand wants to do, right? And it's something that I think for a lot of big corporates is probably a big struggle for them because it probably hasn't come first. Mm. Mm. And then you try and build it secondary and I – think trying to build a community secondary is very so – I, I, I don't know how Depending on the product that you yeah, have, it'd yeah. It would be really hard to do it, right? So I think for us building – I think it was another thing subconsciously that, that we did. We kind of created value before we had something to sell or before we really had a good product. We had – we had people coming, so we started with. Um, I had a blog that we then changed the the Instagram name to keep, to keep it cleaner, and that blog had a lot of free. And the recipes were very similar to the ones in the ebook, so the blog had a lot of free content on there, and people were going there. So we kind of had created, uh, I suppose, a, a need for. And people were also going to Steph and asking for her recipes, so people were wanting that. They were going there, so they they knew that they could get that from us. Mm. And then when we had a product for them, they saw the value in what we were doing and they wanted to purchase it and then they felt connected to it and obviously wanted to to be a part of it and, and join the community. I think it, it's hard because we often get asked that question, how did you build the community? And I think it, it there was definitely not a plan that if we do these five, and I, I don't actually think there is, if you do these five things, you build a community because I think that the number one thing is people want to, I mean, people want to feel connected as humans. It's something that I think through COVID was so hard for everyone. Mm. I think we really realised how much human connection means to us. But you have to create a community based on obviously feeling a need for people, but also it being like there's so much integrity that's needed and um, and being real. I think that's the most important thing. And, and it's not, you don't want to create a community based on the fact I want to create a community because I want to then make revenue because I, I don't know how that would ever work because mm. the, the intention is not right. It has to be, you know, for the betterment of others or whatever it might be. And then, and then from there it can kind of snowballing i know that doesn't really answer the question because i no, really no, don't I know the 100%, answer you can't there's no formula agree. like there's no it's hard too because our communities even our personal ones you know our following and all of that were that the the way you could grow following back then was so different to now it's a it's totally different kind of recipe so it's really mm. hard to have all the answers i still believe though and yes we would still probably still try and do community first because it worked and it's something that Again, I feel like we're so in love with the community. It's everything that we, it's every reason we do everything. Um, So it's definitely our number one, but I think it's still, there's still absolutely the direction of if you build something good enough, like people will come, people Mm. will hear of it, people Mm. will try it um, if if the product is there and it's, um, yeah, you just got to get in front of the right people and then people talk. I think that word of mouth is still a massive I think people underestimate it because we focus so much on like social following or or reach or downloads and things um it's still if you can connect with you know a couple of people and they connect with more people it's it's amazing what can happen as well so yeah I think it's it's if you can't if you can't if you don't have the recipe or you can't really work out how to really start with that community first and if it's something that's not accessible for you I don't think that means you can't start your business I agree I think think big yeah Kind of, because there's a follow-up question to that. I think, do you think that 
because obviously it, there's there's the community first and then there's product first and they can both work and obviously the product first works if there's actually that authentic mm. real need that people have but it's obviously well, I mean in my opinion it, it's really hard to understand that need unless you're you've either experienced it yourself mm. um or you've got a community there or you've got you know that constant feedback there so do you think it's more about um understanding that real need that's out there because it sounds like you know what keep it clean has been able to do is really just there was obviously an unmet need there and you 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 just really cared about it loved it were Mm -hmm. passionate about it and were able to start you know creating a solution over time that Mm -hmm. people could connect with yeah yeah, That's and it started totally, and it and it and we've always stayed true to our own values and and what we believe in, and I think, you know, people not so much anymore, but used to come to us about advice of, of how to grow their social following and all that sort of stuff. And I think num- the number one thing that we always said is like, you have to have, they ha- there has to be a reason why someone's following you. So it goes the same if you're trying to sell a product. There has to be a reason why th- they want to buy it, um, and it's you know, if you just see someone else that you follow who's who's really successful and you're trying to mirror everything that they do, that doesn't mean you're going to be just as successful because some they already exist. That mm-hmm. person could already find them and go follow them. Like, what is the difference? What are you what are you doing? And I think that's where we found with Kick, it was missing in the market um, because we had both gone through it and we had that emotional tie to it. So I definitely think that it helped find that we felt like we were already part of a community that we didn't really know mm. fully existed yet. Um, so I think it is. It's understanding who this is for. Who, who am I creating this product for? Um, whether you know them personally or you can see a number or not, you need to understand who, who your product is getting sold to. Yeah, it's so interesting. When, when we first started this um – it was conversations are life-changing um, and I can look back at a conversation that completely changed my life. One conversation, I can still remember it, every word, but then I thought what made me want to do this and was like imagine how many people don't have access to those conversations and then that's kind of how it all started and then you kind of used the feedback as like, yeah, well, there is a need there and I feel like that's the beauty of social media, like – it's not just about going out there, getting likes, building a following and doing that. That's a part of it. But really what it's great for is it's a soundboard to see mm. if there actually is that need mm. there. And, and if it is unmet, you know, do people actually, are they feeling this, you know? So that's, yeah, that just kind of popped to mind with what you, you were talking about, which mm. is great. Um, last little bit now is the quick fire section. So I always have to preface this and the audience will say, stop trying to preface it. But I always get a little <laughs> bit worried because like... Um, you know, you, it, it's quick fire, but it's like, you know, there's no real cap on your answer or anything like that. So don't stress, because I've, I've had people on and it's like, they sell it five words and I'm like, oh God, like, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, so don't, look, there's no no cap on the answer, but they're really just broad questions um, and you can both answer. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the permission. <laughs> Sorry, no, because, you know, like, you, you, when, you yeah, sometimes. So quick fire, it's like, okay, we'll take turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people are like, you know, one And do you know what? To be honest, we probably would have done that because yeah. I think when we, naturally, when we do interviews, we're just like, oh, you've had a turn, so now I'm doing Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so one piece of advice for your younger self. For me, it would be, and when I, I'm not talking to the one that thought they knew it all because they, they were fine. <laughs> <laughs> they were fine. Um, but I think it would be to, to think big and don't put a ceiling on yourself based on, you know, stereotypes that you've made up on your head. Like in your head, don't think that, you know, for example, 
your gender is going to hold you back or, or anything like that. Like just if, if you mm. want to do something, you know, believe in yourself. I would think that would be the biggest thing. Mine's pretty similar. It's, um, you know, when I used to talk to people about my dreams when I was in high school, I was told that it was a dead-end job or that it wasn't going to go my way. And because I was so passionate about it, I still chased that dream. So it would probably just be to assure myself that, you know, chasing your dreams isn't isn't a bad idea and it's it's always worth giving something a crack because for me anyway, it's um, even the times it's gone wrong, it's been the right decision and it's got me to where I am today. So I feel like it would just be assuring myself that that confidence that I had is something that I should listen to always. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, they were so both that, need, that needs to be stupid. That they were both really amazing. Good. That like was like I'm Oprah. telling you, like, they were both amazing. Follow your dreams. That's gonna <laughs> I love it. My Disney but it's true. <laughs> no, I love it. No, they were, that, that was, they were both amazing. Um, okay, so what advice would you have for future women in business? Oh, I mean, it's hard because it's kind of the first one. It's, you know, believe in yourself, back yourself. Um, and I think too, know that if you have self-doubt and, you know, imposter syndrome and all of those things, that it's completely normal and mm. it's okay and you don't have to find a way to kind of get rid of it. But do you just have to work out a way to manage it? Because I think if you look at the the difference between people who are, you know, really, it also depends on how you define success, but just say in terms of career, those that are really successful and those that, you know, don't have the same success, it, it's often because the ones that don't didn't believe in themselves, they didn't, you know, you never know if you don't ask, you know, they didn't push to, you know, get promoted or um, apply for a new job, even though they didn't meet all the criteria, but they knew they could do it. I think that's something as women, we, we often hold ourselves back from because mm. we think that we need to, you know, tick Andrew boxes before we can do it or prove ourselves before we can be in the room. But we, we don't have to. And I think just find a way to self-doubt is it's, it's okay and it's, it's normal, but just find a way to, to make sure it doesn't stop you from, you know, living out your dreams. <laughs> Miss Oprah. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I think for me, I, I did, um, I spoke on this panel not so long ago and someone afterwards who had been in our community for six years came up and asked me a question and she said that she's a very soft, gentle, um, for lack of a better word, you know, kind of feminine energy. And she was worried with her kind of career goals that she had that she wasn't kind of aggressive enough or, um, yeah, strong enough. Because I think as you've touched on, Laura, like unfortunately in our minds because of that's what we've seen in society for so long, thinking of big exec roles or um, leaders, they've got that certain drive about them and that kind of masculine energy. And I don't think that that has to be the case. I think you obviously need to be able to switch up your energy and, and, and show your confidence. But I think just be you. Like you can grow in your career and, and move through different roles being yourself um, and try and kind of take the stereotypes away from those those different energies and if you want to be assertive be assertive and don't worry about coming across bitchy because it's just unfortunately you might because of society but it's if that's the way you feel in that situation just be you and be you confidently mm. and I think the way people perceive you is, is on them that's I think on it's, them it's like the when when you think of like male leaders and female leaders and also what we kind of look at is inside in society as, as Steph was saying like likeable good like a good woman or a good man like what are the traits that are likable in a, in a female versus a man and in a female it's like being, empathetic yeah like <clears throat> being a people pleaser mm. like helping others supporting all of those things and then if you look at a male it's kind of confidence and 
um, assertiveness. Mm. And then if you look at a leader, like some of the skills that we kind of expect a leader to have, they they do they are very similar mm. to what we look at is like in like a good man, I suppose. Mm. And so for I, I think it's something that I struggle with a lot. It's like oh, I don't want to come across bossy or like I'm talking too much, and I just think you just have to put that aside because as mm. Steph said, like you know if there's room for everyone and it doesn't you just have to stereotypes should never hold you back from you know yeah. doing what you want to do yeah it's a very challenging thing as mm. well you know because we we are just we do compare and it's yeah. and you know like uh, I think that's one thing over the last couple of years for myself is being authentic to myself and and you know being confident that I can be myself so that's definitely great advice um, especially no matter what role you're in you know mm-hmm. you, you don't need to get meaner as you get yeah, you know no. or like more you know you don't yeah. need to change who you are as you get you know a different role um, what advice would you give someone who's just starting out in business Oh, keep going. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect before you start. I think that's the biggest thing. I think there's this perception that if you're going to launch a business or whatever you want to do, it has to be perfect before you start. <laughs> it we honestly, like we have got our product roadmap for, roadmap for Kick on the tech side is so long. It's not perfect yet. We've got so much we have to do. But if we didn't launch, we're still waiting. Like we wouldn't yeah. be where we are now. So I think mm-hmm. don't wait until it's perfect. Like you will learn and grow and evolve along the way. Mm-hmm. But just start. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our ebook had like thirty spelling <laughs> issues, I've come on, but like 15. it's fine. Okay, <laughs> uh, but no, I completely agree. Um, that was something I was going to say. So you know, just <laughs> jump <Sorry>. in. <laughs> no, but it is, it is, and just make sure that that what you're working on is something that you're actually passionate about, and that your it's you know your goal isn't just to make money mm-hmm. because the hurdles that you will face. Um, are going to be really challenging and if you if your heart isn't in it then you're likely to let those hurdles kind of stop you in your place yeah sound advice um and last one what's the most important trait that a founder must have and why oh just one two three whatever Mm. Ah, uh, well, what, what do we need? What do we need? As a what founder. As a founder, drive. yes, a founder. Yeah, drive. Vis- vi- uh, drive and vision, I think you have to, I mm. think it's a big part of being, a f- like you have to be able to inspire people to come on the journey with you because, I mean, especially like I still look around the room in our office and I think, wow, like mm. it's actually incredible that, you know, you are all such amazing, intelligent people and you have chosen to, you know, be on this journey with us. And yeah. that's awesome. And I think it's really, really important to make sure that you are setting that vision and you're inspiring your team. And then I think as well that you're leading with empathy. I mm. think that's really important. I think, I mean, if, I don't know if you've, have you watched We Work? Yes. We, we crash, sorry. Yeah, we, we crash. crash. Like that type of leadership is not leading with empathy. That's, mm. you know, egotistic. Like check your ego. You can't uh, – being a founder with an ego, I don't know how – Leave it you, at the door. Yeah, you have to leave it at yeah. the door. You don't take it in the building. Um, I think that's something as well. And I think for yeah. us, like leading with empathy is something that maybe at the start we thought, oh, again, we can't do this because yeah. it's not like, you know, the typical so, leadership yeah. way. But you have to put yourself in other people's shoes and, um, yeah, and really like take them on the journey with you. Yeah. And I think you, as a co-founder, you need a level of confidence. Um, I mean, it would be really hard to ever press go or, or start if you didn't have confidence. And it's not to say that, you know, you need to wake up every day with confidence or have confidence in everything that you do. But I think confidence in your product um, and your vision is really important. Mm. I think what you you said before, that passion, that care for what you do, that kind of builds the confidence in you when Mm. you care about it so much, Mm. you know, like you'll just keep going. Um, But yeah, uh, again, amazing advice. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. 
I want to say a massive thank you to you guys. I know obviously you're really busy and um, what you're doing is amazing. Um, you're both beautiful people as well. So I just want to say a massive thank you. Um, and um, I, I just lost my chain of thought then. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. No, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on the show. As I said, I know you guys are really, really busy. and, and um, But again, I think there's just so much uh, wisdom in, in, in your journey and what you've been able to share. Um, so, yeah, a massive thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. And a thanks to everybody who tuned in. Um, the support we're getting at the moment is just unreal. So I just want to say a massive thank you to you guys. Without that, we don't get to do this and I don't get to meet these amazing people and, <laughs> and have amazing conversations to share. So a massive thank you. And to Mardo too. Thanks for putting this, this together.